0: Welcome back to the Bookish Besties, where we talk about books and occasionally their film adaptations. We're your co-hosts, Sahar and Taya. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing Shadow and Bone by Leah Bardugo and the recently released Netflix series Shadow and
1: Bone, adapted off the book. Just to let you know, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so listen at your own risk.
0: And with that, let's get into the episode. So this book is about Alina, who is a map maker in the First Army, who travels into the fold one day on a boat, which is basically this, like, hut in of darkness. Yeah, basically shadows and darkness with a bunch of Volcra, which are these creatures that just fly around and attack humans. And while they're in there, they get attacked by the Volcra. And she ends up unleashing her powers as a Grisha as a Sun Summoner. After that happens she's then taken in by the darkling and they go to the little palace where she then trains her powers and stays with a bunch of other Grisha and it's basically just her journey and what it means to the Grisha there and the rest of the world.
1: Okay so I read these books a couple months ago and i liked it though i was originally a little skeptical because it was a shorter fantasy novel it's like 300 pages ish and the first half was a little bit slow for me cuz nothing really happened but the ending was really good the plot twist etc it was all right i think it's kind of hard especially in trilogies to say like this one book is good because i feel like individually if you haven't read the other books you still don't know the whole story so from my perspective having read all the books, I still have a much broader idea of this world and the characters in it. So with this book you kind of get an introduction to this universe. So I thought that was kinda of cool.
0: Yeah, I also read um I was about to say three some, I'm so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: scandalous
0: what are you reading? no i read the trilogy so i also have a better idea of the plot and characters that were in the series in the first book i thought the book was good i really enjoyed the plot twist and the world building and the characters that were in the book one thing was at the start of the book like how was saying the like first half went kind of slow just in general with some fantasy books but because of how much world building there was and how much new terminology there was it was just kind of confusing to grasp at first now that I've read more books that are said in the Grishaverse it makes more sense to me now but like when I was just starting to read it it was confusing
1: yeah And then as far as the show goes, I'm trying really hard not to mention the Six of Crows plotline, but with the show, I liked it. I think it was a really well-done adaptation, at least as far as some of the adaptations we've covered and seen in this podcast, but there were a couple things that I was like, "Mm, I'm just excited to see where this show goes because we have to wait like two years for the next season to come out, (laughs) and on the director's Twitter, he said that his plans had turned from a three-season plan into a six-season and one-movie plan. Don't quote me on this, okay? I don't know what he's planning on doing. We'll we'll see what he does with this, but am I really gonna be a full-fledged adult by the time that this finishes?
0: Oh my gosh, wait.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be insane. If they're gonna be covering all the books, that's gonna take a long time, because she just keeps writing more books in this universe. Um, I've also read the Shadow and Bone trilogy. I've read the Six of Crows duology. I've only read the King of Scars. I haven't read the other one that came out a couple months ago, but it's on hold at the library, and I'm gonna have to wait, like, 13 weeks, so that's fun for me. Yeah,
0: I actually, I thought it was a really good adaption. Like, how they did the world building and everything was so... yeah it was so cool and all the
1: magic the the way that they showed their powers i thought was like really cool it didn't look too fakey even though it was tv 14 which was originally tv mature we're like why is it tv mature and then it came out and then it changed back
0: yeah and oh my god the casting for all the characters was amazing oh my god they're all like gorgeous exactly (laughs) like oh my god they're just all amazing i feel like okay the plot is pretty similar to the book there's not too much change I'd say on that but I feel like they changed a lot about some characters, which we'll talk about more in detail later, but, like, some of those changes I liked, some of them I didn't, but overall, the show was a really nice adaption, and I'm really looking forward to- I literally binged it in, like, a few days. Taya, like, watched it all in, like, one morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit sleep-deprived. So...
0: Yeah, no. So, I'm really looking forward
1: to when the next season's coming out. When we're gonna be old. Oh my gosh, yeah. Moving on to plot. Pl- what? A few things that were a little bit different, at least, between the book and the show. There was a lot more racism.
0: Yeah, I will say that the racism that they added towards Alina because she was part shoe in the series, it honestly didn't really add much to plot. I I love that she was part shoe. Yeah, exactly. Like, the racism, we'll talk more
1: about it, but it was so blah, you know? Okay, we're gonna talk about this more in character, but yeah, there's just, that was not necessary. One thing I really liked is how they showed the fold, because it was exactly how I imagined it. Like, how it's sand, it's not actually sea, and the boats can kind of go across it, and the vulcra. Yeah, no, the fold is so scary, like... Okay, the show was a bit gory too, which, like, I'm all here for, but I was not expecting it to be shown that much, especially when the Darkling, like, cut that one dude in half. Yeah, I mean, like, Alina did,
0: in the books, describe it as, like, pretty bad. Yeah. And she was low-key traumatized, because like, the Darkling (laughs) just like chopped someone in half right in front of her
1: why did i think it was like down the center too like vertical instead of that weird horizontal slash i mean how are you gonna like i thought it made i don't know i thought it was like down the middle of him oh that'd be
0: even worse like all your insides would just come out or something i know
1: I don't know. That's what I was picturing. <laughs> just, but in general
0: with the plot, it was pretty similar to the book. And I, I really like that about the adaption because many times in adaptions, the plot will just like go so off and like become its own
1: thing. Oh my God. Yeah. There were a couple adaptations that we have seen um, where it is just a total mess. It is not even close.
0: Like you might as well just call it inspired at that point, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. The audacity of these people to name it like the exact name name is the book, too. These people...
0: Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the Winx Club. That adaptation was so bad. That show was my childhood.
1: I was thinking Dorian Gray. Oh,
0: yeah, (laughs) that too. (laughs) Anyway, now moving on to character. Do you want to talk about your stuff first? Yeah,
1: so for Alina, what I really liked so in the book, I guess I didn't really connect with her that well. So I just kind of thought Alina was like, ooh, she's the chosen one, like, whatever. I really liked her character development throughout it. It was just really nice, especially throughout all the books. But in in the book itself I didn't really like her that much and then watching this show I loved what they did to her character they made her have a more active role they made her like choose her decisions more like when she chooses to go in the fold she burns maps so then she has the job to go into the fold instead of being put in the fold right so she kind of like chose to put herself in danger which I think is really crucial to her character because we haven't really seen that before and she had to learn how to do that in the books but for this it was kind of that drive was always present So she does do a lot more of her own, like, this is my life and I'm taking a handle on it and I'm putting myself into these situations because it's my choice and I want to rather than just like things happening to her, which I really like.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. I feel like in the books, I was more attached to the side characters rather than Alina.
1: (laughs) Alexi, he deserved better. And I'm not just talking about strangers. I literally
0: forgot about Alexi. Like, I'm gonna be honest, like, when I read the book, I kind of, like, Oh. Yeah,
1: he cared more about Alina than Mal did, at least in the beginning. <laughs> like, he was flirting with her and stuff, and she just completely ignored him. And he survived. He went through the, like, okay.
0: Like, dude, survived. I don't know
1: enough about Alexi, but yeah. he's awesome. The show had a lot more racism, especially towards Alina. And I feel like that was really prominent, and I don't think it needed to be. As we mentioned, like, earlier during plot, but we're gonna go more into depth.
0: Yeah, something that changed for Alina's character and in the book and the show is that for book Alina? her heritage was never explicitly stated,
1: which I liked because being an orphan is kind of a huge part of her identity because that was, like, her growing up. But I also understand wanting to make her half-shoe, which I also really like. Just how they carried it out, it just... Yeah.
0: So in the book, I just kind of, like, read her as, like, any other Ravkin person because, unlike the show, she wasn't faced with any discrimination based on,
1: like, how she looked. Mm-hmm. I still thought she was mixed, though, at least for me, really reading that, but I think that was also because at the time that I was reading it, the cast had already been released, so seeing Jessie play that role I thought was, like, really perfect.
0: She was literally so perfect for the role, though. She was so amazing as playing alina i loved her so in the show they made her half shoe and this does add more depth to alina's character as it added more understanding to why alina also felt like such a big outsider because in the show she's also discriminated against based on her race And like in the book where she was just treated as different because she was an orphan. But I feel like the racism that was in the show was so overdone. Yeah. Because it was literally microaggressions after microaggressions
1: and heritage was mentioned so many times the fact that she was half shoe it
0: just fell to a point insufferable. because like as we were saying the like system of racism they already had in the show wasn't a parallel to like
1: any racism like we have in in the real world i guess not in this fictional world like they made certain parallels about racism still prevalent which i thought was like kind of messed up because it's a fantasy world i just thought like a lot of the parallels weren't necessary
0: there was one parallel where at the start they called alina a rice eater and it's like okay then you're basically like whoever wrote that you're basically saying like in the shu region like agriculture there like basically just grows rice and stuff and i'm like exactly like what was the point because then they literally just like ended up adding like racism like from our world into this fictional world that wasn't necessary at all but i feel like her heritage and like her identity as a part shoe person it not really discussed outside of like facing discrimination they could have done a better job at like alina luring her identity more or how she personally feels about being shoe or
1: something i got some bones to pick with mal though moving on to mal I feel like they actually made him a much more tolerable character as they showed his relationship with Alina and how much he cared for her, which I guess we didn't really get that in the books because it was just from her perspective. So what I really liked was there was a point in the story where she was at the little palace and she was learning her way and finding her identity as Grisha and then also kept cutting back to Mal and his story and trying to find the stag and him realizing just how much Alina meant to him while he was also struggling and, you know, him and his friends got attacked and then I felt like that was really interesting because we didn't get to see that in the books
0: because one of the big things in the relationship between Mal and and Elena is that Elena felt insecure about Mal being with a bunch of other women in the past and then then the fact that they literally just like left all of that out because that was like a big part of their relationship and Mal's character too
1: yeah and their dynamic especially
0: they made it seem as if when Zoya flirted with Mal Mal just brushed it off and like got out of there as soon as as he could right that's not like really what book mal would have done absolutely not i liked his character a lot better in the show because in the book his character was just like he felt like such a petty character
1: no he's such a petty person yeah in the books too especially in like the later parts he's like oh alina has powers poor me like i don't like shut up up. (laughs) yeah and just he's he doesn't really like her for who she is and that's one reason that like alina kind of realizes about him is that as she's finding herself mal still loves her but he loves kind of the old version of herself and so she really needs to understand and both of them need to understand if their relationship is going to work mal needs to accept alina for who she is and who she will continue to be as she changes as a person so that's i mean that's part of most relationships as well it's not just who you are when you meet but are you willing to love the person that will change over however many years you know
0: one thing about the show is that unlike the book where alina is talking about how she kind of just felt alone because Mal was always with other people. I feel like in the show it was a lot more established that Mal and Alina they've always been alone together and that they've always been friends they've always been there for each other so from the point of view
1: of someone who's only watched the show it seems like Mal has always cared about Alina yeah he might have always cared for Alina but he didn't really prioritize it or really show it to Alina
0: yeah so that just kind of changed a lot of their dynamic in the show for that reason
1: and I liked their relationship in the show
0: I I liked their relationship because in the
1: book I was like Alina should just be single forever no literally
0: <laughs> i just i didn't like any of the love interest in the book but that's <laughs> no. a conversation for later honestly the show made me ship mal and alina yeah because they were so much better okay also with zoya's character oh gosh okay i also want to talk about because of the racism that alina faced there was characters around her that also discriminated against her including zoya so in the book she had kind of this rivalry rival rivally rivalry <laughs> Rivalry against Alina because of her powers, and she was just threatened by her powers. So she would like go at Alina for being an orphan, or just annoy her, or be insult her and things. Right, but I think they really ruined this relationship between Alina and Zoya by making Zoya say something racist mm-hmm. to Alina at the start of the show, which is basically Zoya calling Alina a, ha- a half breed because she was half shoe. Whenever Zoya did like come at Alina or was rude to her or insulted her or said things like, I still don't like you. It seemed all racially motivated because of that, what she said at the start of the show, which
1: just really ruined her character because that was unnecessary to add. Yeah, I don't really like the way that she was portrayed in the show because it wasn't really true to her character. Um, I've read, for example, King of Scars, which has a lot more of her background and her backstory, so the fact that she was racist towards Alina instead of just because she was an orphan doesn't make sense because she doesn't really identify with any hometown or anywhere that she grew up because she is Grisha, and that is her identity, because she kind of, at one point or another during the story, she decided that she was gonna leave behind where she grew up in her childhood, and when she said that to Alina, it was really out of character, and she probably just said it to- Get a greater effect from her words also when they implied that she slept around a lot like with mal that does not happen in the books but i feel like you could have switched their two characters in that interaction between mal and zoya and it would have worked out much better
0: i mean i don't really have much to say for Jenya. i mean i love Jenya. i'm just happy she's there you know
1: i feel like people who've watched it may be a little confused because of how she like betrayed them but Jenya, just she's so sweet and kind and she she should not work for the darkling
0: literally he's so honestly i feel so bad virginia and also david he wasn't he's the best i love him so much he's so funny but didn't have as much screen time but like all the times he was on screen was just amazing you
1: know he was hilarious yes it was kind of weird because i felt like he was more weird in the show and more twitchy I guess I, he was more socially um, awkward in the show instead of I mean he obviously like read yeah, yeah. And he threw a book at him Jesper that was hilarious I guess I didn't really associate him with the darkling as well always forget in the first book he works for the darkling yeah the I just
0: feel like in the book David was a lot more passionate about learning new things while in the show he was just like framed as socially awkward which is how I describe it and when it comes
1: to the Darkling... Oh, this is going to be fun. We have a couple things to say. I'm going to hold back on saying a couple things till not next episode, but probably the episode after that where we're covering yeah. the last book because there are some things. But they made the Darkling have feelings. Why?
0: What is up with They're that? They're like, what's with... This is just like something that happened in general. They're literally good looking villains in shows and then they just give them
1: pretty privilege no they
0: already have pretty privilege they just give them emotions that they didn't have in the first place to make viewers sympathize with them it's just why do they do that with villains like
1: what's the point one thing that's kind of important is we aren't supposed to justify what he's done we are supposed to have a little bit of sympathy but that is at the end of the story not in the beginning like in episode two when alina was saying something along the lines of how she doesn't belong and how she doesn't really she wants to go back to her friends because she doesn't feel like she's a part of grisha or anywhere else this is at the part where they're in the field which pretty pretty failed by the way but the darkling he just has this expression on on his face and he's like you are Grisha and you are not alone and I was like that is not the Darkling at all knowing his background like at least in the books he wanted Alina in my opinion not because he wanted an equal but because he saw her as like someone who had like equal power as her and he thought that that was a challenge and that he could take that power and then they could have like ruled the world as long as he could have manipulated her but it was never about letting Alina find her power and then her doing her own thing it was always about the Darkling controlling Alina and in some way their relationship was so fast too it was like two episodes it just
0: it literally just happened i mean yeah like what did we expect within eight episodes but it just happened so quick you know yeah okay the ben barnes
1: content we've had this month is a a lot. lot of ben
0: barnes stuff we consumed
1: We've watched a lot of stuff, yeah. Because also, I watched um, the Narnia movies, which also had him in it. And we watched Dorian Gray. And we watched this. Fun. (laughs) It was weird. What a coincidence. Honestly,
0: though, he did such a good job portraying this role. Literally all the actors. They did such... The cast. They're
1: all so amazing. I'm just going to mention this real quick. We're not going to talk about um, the Six of Crows yet. We're going to do that in the episode that we talk about Six of Crows, those books. But one thing I didn't really like is how they intersected and how closely they were to each other and how they met up at the end. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more later. On to themes.
0: I think this is kind of what Taya was talking about earlier, but like the relationship between Mal and Alina... And how, like, if you love someone, like, are you willing to love them as they grow as a person and as they change? I just feel like that's just an important theme between Mal and Alina because we can see Alina growing as a person, but Mal is just- He's stuck. Yeah, he, like, tries to hold her back. Like, it just isn't very healthy at all. So
1: I just feel like that's a theme. One thing I liked about this is the powers- It wasn't, like, good versus evil it was more like it, you know how in most stories the protagonist like in a fantasy for example the protagonist has powers and the antagonist has powers and when they go against each other the good person who has powers wins because their power is stronger which because of like goodness like if you think about um i don't know i'm thinking star wars the power of good you know the power like, of good what what is this so i, I actually like how they they didn't quite beat him but in this one they were smart about this and t- and i think that that was really interesting to show i don't have any other themes to be honest really there has to be some themes bro i mean like there's a lot of conflict between countries and all the countries are always on like the verge of war or war so i feel like that could be a theme i
0: think just this is a very general theme but just power there are so many dynamics of power in this show
1: not even just, like, actual, like, magical powers, but power dynamics between, like, the Darkling and Alina. Literally or... just the
0: Darkling and anyone. Like, the Darkling and Genya, the Darkling and all the other people that are working for him. You know? Yeah. What would what you, would you do? do?
1: What would you do if you were poor Alexei and you had jumped out of the boat and you were running in the
0: sand? Oh, gosh. Like, I'd even survive that. Like that's already a stretch. You are you expect me to run in miles of sand yeah. and
1: survive I'd... while I'm running in the dark and like monsters? And then you end up in Ketterdam and then you're like tortured for 2 weeks and then they're like just tell me the answers. I mean, at least I get to see Nudge and Jasper. I know.
0: Unfortunately, then I can die
1: in peace. Wait, was that a spoiler? But people have watched it. This is not a spoiler-free podcast. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. I can die happy then. I mean, I don't think he was very happy on it, but then you wouldn't have gotten to meet Milo. I'm
0: dead. There's no chance at me meeting Milo. But, um, I definitely die before I even, I literally die on the boat. Not about a run in a bunch of sand.
1: Yeah, me too. One thing I didn't really understand about the boat is how they had these people in the middle of this boat, and I don't really know my boat terminology, whatever ship, <laughs> whatever. But on like I. the top of the boat, where it was all open and exposed, how people—they're like, stay at your stations, guys. There, are some people's stations are literally in the middle of that, and they're just easy pickins for the Volcra, yeah. huh? Like, at least Alina was towards the side, where she's like, by the edge, I guess. Which, like, I guess that's not really any safer, mm. but at least it gives the illusion. What
0: would you do if, let's just replace Mal with me. Let's, <laughs> so you're, like, Alina or something, right? And you find out that I was sent to go through the
1: fold. Okay, like, what would you do? Are we talking about... Because in the in the book, she just kind of had to go with him. Let's talk
0: about in the show, because Alina wasn't
1: sent to go into the fold. It was just Mal going by himself. Um, I guess if you were Mal, I probably would have found a way to go. Um, or for you not to go. Oh my gosh. I probably get so mad at you if you came with me. Like, if I'm gonna die, why would you die with me? <laughs> exactly. But then again, if it was Mal, like, book Mal, I would have just been like, good luck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I'm leaving book Mal. Honestly, I'm leaving Show Mal too. Mm. I mean, if the if it if yeah. he's not you, then I don't see the point,
1: you know. I don't really see what she sees in him, but you do. You. Yeah,
0: I mean, like they're friends, I guess. So that's cool. Oh,
1: I don't understand the friends to what lovers. really.
0: Mm-mm. i don't understand mm, sometimes enemies the lovers can be if taya was going to into the fold and i wouldn't be able to go i feel like rather than me trying to go into the fold because that'd be really useless i feel like i'd just be trying to like do as much as i can to make sure Teya wouldn't go into the fold
1: how kind and if
0: that doesn't work then good luck <laughs>
1: I have a couple things to say about enemies to lovers, mainly because of all the Dark Lena shipping people in this fandom. I'm a little bit concerned for you, even after the show came out. Like, I, I can't understand. Yeah. Some
0: people just, like, ship
1: anything. Honestly, yeah. Like,
0: okay, some enemies to lovers
1: are so toxic. They're just so toxic. Yeah. I was literally gonna say that. But- here's my two cents in why this is such a popular trope for starters when you have two enemies right and if there is that like attraction to each other but you guys have to be enemies there's the part of a relationship a romantic relationship that is like before kind of like in between not being in one and being in one and i think that that like tension which is like when you still haven't like figured that out i think people really like that and when it comes to enemies that tension lasts much longer than in a regular relationship because there's also that point, of, like, I can't be in a relationship with this person. And then also, I don't know, I think people like the fact that these love interests are, like, serial killers. I'm not sure. But then also is because a lot of these enemies to lovers, the enemy is in a really high-powered place, and when you have, like, a morally gray character, lots of times that comes with power and that kind of dynamic, and I think that that's shown throughout history, is that especially women are told to marry above their, like, social class because that's the only way that they can move up in society and so like you have the tension good for you you have the relationship and then you have the power essentially that comes from an enemy because an enemy usually means doing something bad which comes with more power and money and etc so i think that that is also why that appeals so much i just also feel like in general
0: people romanticize toxic traits Mm -hmm. in enemies to lovers
1: yeah i feel like usually it's the dude that's the enemy oh my god i hate that especially when like the main character is like female for example and she's like i can change you and she always has like this moral compass like no
0: like this is such like a bad idea to teach like especially since these are like YA Mm -hmm. books like you shouldn't be like telling young girls that they can like fix toxic people
1: if any of these enemies to lovers type love interests if any of these people were poor it would be abuse, but because they're rich and have power it's fine think about it if like the darkling wasn't the darkling if he was just some poor dude who like killed a bunch of people no okay think about any other story that just wouldn't happen And it's because, like, there's, uh, yeah. Also, if they were ugly, like, there's also that pretty privilege behind it. I feel like people just use
0: some, like, guy, him being good-looking as an excuse for his toxic traits. That's, like, something that happens a lot. Like, for example, in Shadow Bone, like, and Shatter Me, Mm -hmm. like, there's the trope where, like, the main character will be taken hostage by the enemy, and then they'll be, like, shipped. And that's, like, freaking weird. Why do you ship that?
1: I know. Also, okay, Werner's a little bit different than The Darkling. But, like,
0: that's just, like, talking in retrospect of, like, the first book alone.
1: Oh. Oh. Okay. Then, yeah. (laughs) It's just,
0: like, that. Okay, that's just one thing in, like, Enemies to lovers. There's a lot of non-consensual things always going on,
1: and it's always, like, Mm -hmm. why? Oh, okay, one thing I wanted to bring up really quick, I know this is in the middle of What Would You Do, is Alina's antler that she had. I loved it. Oh my god. Because in the book, I definitely imagined it more of a necklace that wasn't a part of her Mm -hmm. bone. And I think that... One thing about the amplifiers is that they are a part of you and that when it was under her skin and she really can't remove it, it's not just some metal that can't be unclasped or whatever. The fact that it's molded to her bones, I felt like it was really perfect because it showed that it was intrusive, you know? Okay, this
0: reminds me, when I saw the trailer, I was so confused about how they were gonna turn the antlers into a necklace. I literally thought they are just gonna like wrap these giant antlers around Alina and like call it a day. How big did you think the antlers were? Because I thought they were quite large i literally just thought you like how big both of those antlers were oh i thought they're just gonna put her head between the two antlers
1: <laughs> and she's just gonna walk around oh no. like that
0: <laughs>
1: she wouldn't even be able to fit through doorways at that point no
0: but like uh, with the like uh stag like what she has in her collarbone imagine how uncomfortable it is to sleep with that no
1: and i'm a side sleeper like, seems. oh gosh i would feel so uncomfortable I don't like that. No. Oh, so weird. And, like, isn't that going to be, like, a problem, the part where it's sticking out of her flesh? Isn't that going to be, like, an infection? I mean, they're Grisha. They can do anything, you know? Oh,
0: yeah. Or Alina. What would you do... Okay. Mm.
1: <laughs> what would you do if there was a child right oh my in gosh. front of you?
0: Stop. <laughs> no, no, no. I wanted to ask, what would you do if you're Alina and you just found out from bungra that... Bagra, Bangra? Bagra, I literally keep on pronouncing her name as Bangra, it's so funny. No, no, no. Okay, if Bangra just told you that, hey, actually the Darkling is planning to use you to use the foal to devour other nations, and he needs your powers, like, what would you do in this situation?
1: Like, if we're talking about the books, I probably would have ran away, even though she didn't really have a choice, and in the show, I... but I would have been really surprised to learn the dude that I was making out with on a desk was, like, thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. It's a bit creepy. No, no,
0: the thing is, in the book, like, she already knew that he was very old,
1: right? She didn't know he was that old. She just thought he was, like, a little old. <laughs> like not like centuries he's old yeah i don't really understand i feel like he would have been smart also
0: why is it that grisha they age like as children but like as soon as they hit their like early adults they just stop aging i think it's because of their powers because
1: their powers mature by that time oh. don't quote me on that <laughs> but yeah Yeah, what would you do? I
0: mean, I'd run. I'd also be pretty surprised. But, like, would I be surprised? I don't know. Because Book Darkling is already pretty suspicious.
1: He he has so many red flags. Yeah, so
0: you're just being told all this and you're like, okay, maybe I should have realized there was something wrong with him. Pretty much. And then I would have ran away. I don't know what you do besides running away. Cry. (laughs) But I also feel like if Alina didn't run away, I feel like they wouldn't be able to find the stag as fast. Because the Darkling was tracking down... Mal and Alina who were tracking down the stag so it was kind of just like killing two birds with one stone type of situation for the Darkling because he just got the two things that he needed Mm
1: -hmm. but I wouldn't stay Actually, I feel like I would have wanted to stay because that was, like, not the time to run away and then figure out a better option because I feel like when she ran away it was, like, on a whim, so she didn't really have that much planning. But
0: also, like, she wouldn't have had any other opportunity to run away. If she had stayed, it wasn't, like, ensured that she have like, another opportunity to do something like this. And, like, you don't know what would happen if the Darkling found out that
1: you knew about all this stuff. They wouldn't know. He better not know. That'd be...
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, like, you you would definitely be acting differently around the darkling if you're like making out with him one second and then knowing that he's trying to manipulate and use you the next
1: well yeah okay what would you do if you were on one of the boats going through the fold and you just fell off because those those railings aren't very high and no one noticed that you were gone
0: i'd die i mean like I'd, like, probably cry, but I'd probably try to, like, climb onto the side of the boat and just hold on as much as I can. Because, I mean, if a Volker gets me, a Volker gets me, and I'll just try to climb the railing. Because I can't exactly run and keep up with the boat since it's a boat, but I can probably try to hold on. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of
1: scrap around, so (laughs) this sounds really bad, but I'd probably just try and find shelter
0: Oh yeah, there's some random...
1: Yeah, so get weapons. You're not
0: pre- you're not preparing when you fall off a boat. True, true. I mean, Alexi did it. But that was on X and he ran, so he, he didn't bother making a hideout. Oh, this was not a good what would you do section. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Bookish Bestie. We are your co-hosts, Sahir and Taya. Make sure to stay in touch on our socials at thebookishbesties underscore on Instagram and at bookishbesties on TikTok. In next week's episode, we'll be discussing Siege and Storm along with the Netflix series. Is
1: there anything else we say? No, just good luck to me for editing this. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. Have fun editing this tear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have, like, no days to do this. <laughs> well, bye, everyone.